Hello, and welcome back to Talking Tomlet. I'm Yordina Osman. I'm here with Ann Gordon. Uh, we're excited to announce that we actually have a WhatsApp group now. We'll give some more information at the end of how you can subscribe to our WhatsApp group so that you can get your daily dose of Talking Tomlet in real time. Today, we'll be discussing Brachot Dafe. In the associative manner of the Gemara, <clears throat> excuse me, the Gemara, one thing leads to another, and we find ourselves plunked down in the middle of what is really one of the most serious of topics, namely theodicy. Theodicy is colloquially understood to mean when bad things happen to good people, but technically it's not phrased as a problem. The presumption that good people should never experience bad things as a reward for their goodness, for example, that's the problem. But as a statement, this is theodicy, and a very religious one at that. It's a religious statement, theodicy, from the Greek for God, theo, and judgment. The dis is also familiar to us from the word justice, for example. God's judgment is already an answer to the question of why bad things happen. Fundamentally, we believe that they should not. <clears throat> if you are steeped in Torah, suffering will keep its distance, which of course is exactly what every human being wants across all of time. Okay, I've got the recipe now. I'll steep myself in Torah and nothing bad will happen, right? We all know that that is not our experience of this world. I'm skipping a bit. Rava, or maybe it's Rav Chista, said, if a person sees that Yisurin are happening to him, that bad stuff is happening, then the Gemara tells us exactly what to do. Introspection. Check out your own behavior, your conduct. Where have you gone wrong? What have you done wrong? The implication? Surely you have done wrong if something bad has happened to you. And this is exactly that neat package of right and wrong, reward and punishment that human beings want to experience all the time. It's about justice, right? The sense of righteousness, I'm sorry, the sense of righteous indignation that things must be fair. Who hasn't complained or whined or shrieked? It's not fair. And this procedure of the Gemara is designed to render our experiences fair, if only after the fact. So if something bad happened to you, surely you did something wrong. The Gemara continues. You did your introspection. You reflected on the entirety of your activity and you found nothing. Well, says the Gemara, hanging on a lack of Torah, a canceling out of Torah that could have or should have been. This falls directly from the Torah that you're steeped in that protects you from the bad stuff to begin with. If you can't figure out what went wrong, then you must not have been steeped enough in Torah. It's an excellent guilt trip because there's no human capacity for doing all there is to do or learn all there is to learn in the Torah. It reminds me of a beautiful shear I once heard Rabbi J.J. Schachter give, uh, talking about some of these issues of suffering and how do we alleviate suffering. And he was discussing the particular passage that everyone is probably very familiar with from Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur davening, right? Tshuva, tefillah, tzedakah, ma'avirin at roah ha We normally interpret that tefillah to mean that by doing things like repenting, tefillah, praying, giving tzedakah, giving charity, we will somehow, ma'avirin, we will remove any bad gezerah, I guess I would interpret that as is decree, anything bad that is supposed to happen to us in the upcoming year. Um, but we all know that that's not true. We all know that there have been times where we've sat in shul, we have davened very hard, we thought we did good teshuva, we tried to increase the good deeds that we did in the world, and we still had a really difficult year ahead of us. So Rabbi Shachar offered a different interpretation, which is really one of comfort. 
the idea being that when we engage in these activities of teshuva, tefillah, and tzedakah, what is it being mavir? What is it removing? The roa, the sting, the harshness, the suffering that we feel from the gezeira, from those bad things that happen to us. And I often reflect on that, that maybe the idea really is, is we can't necessarily control what happens to us, how we experience and experience the things that happen to us. But maybe the idea is to, instead of wallowing in the questions of why or the shrieking, as you described, Anne, of it's not fair, uh, instead, we sort of turn ourselves to these types of activities of teshuva, tefillah, and tzedakah, draw ourselves closer to Hashem when we feel we really want to be running from Hashem. And, you know, maybe in that, those types of activities, it actually somehow alleviates some of that suffering or some of that harshness that we feel when we're going through difficult times. I think it's a beautiful idea. I wonder, I wonder when people are in the throes of it, to what extent it provides comfort and to what extent, you know, it ends up feeling like platitudes. I would say, you know, let's, let's bring this home to where there's an entire book on this conundrum, right? Namely the book of Eov, Job. And it's really not so simple there to say that if wrong bulls, it's not so simple to say that if wrong befalls you, it's your fault in the it's not fair category. I'm also not sure that Eov is ever quite comforted. So here's the thing. The Gemara, for all that it's so clear and direct, at delineating what happens in the world and why, as if there is, in fact, I would say a presentation of a moral valence of reaction in face of people's actions. So I think that may be understood to be making a different co- comment, that the Gemara itself is saying something different. We need to do some close and careful reading of the text. Namely, This is the same, li- same line I read before. If one sees that bad stuff is happening, one should examine his or her actions. It sounds like the bad behavior caused the bad stuff, but that's not quite what the Gemara says. Rather, if or when you find yourself suffering, engage in some self-reflection, introspection, examine your behavior, take it as an opportunity to do tshuva. It's going beyond, you know, it's, it connects to the, to the Rav Shefter point of, of where you, you find yourself in this, in this zone of how do we react to all of this. The Gemara presents a response to, ch- to suffering, namely tshuva. And indeed, the Rambam encourages this in his, as his approach in Hilchot tshuva. Um, it's Parakei Halacha Aleph 5.1. Yesham yamim shakol Yisrael mitainin bo vahem mipnei hatsarot. There are days that all Jews fast because of the troubles, right? This is the historical fast, the times when there was, uh, you know, the destruction of the temple is the big one, but even the um, reaching, breaching, broaching, breaching the outer wall. All of these are historical fast, fasts where we're commemorating something bad that befell the entirety of the Jewish people. To open the heart, to open the ways of tshuva, of repentance. The one serious downside that I see to this response to Yisurin is that it does not remove the question, why do bad things happen to good people? I would like to suggest that theodicy, God's, ju- God's judgment, as a statement, it all comes from God, it's his judgment, should fun- it should function as a reminder that his ways are not our ways, 
as God himself points out in the book of Job, from the whirlwind at the end of the book, he points out to Job, too bad you don't get to know. Job Eov, this righteous individual, the most righteous ever, does not get to understand why his life went to hell. Pardon me, right? God says, no, you, my ways are not your ways. God is beyond human comprehension. His judgment, his handling of the world, including when we human beings experience the good and the bad of existence as unfair. It's just fundamentally beyond human comprehension. We don't get to know why, but we do have a program for response. Do tshuva, make ourselves better people. And what about the human desire to know? Well, it's a source of a great deal of angst. Where was God during the Holocaust? Where is God when babies die? We ask these questions in perpetuity, and we have been answering them for as long. During the Holocaust, even the most religious, pious Jews asked why it was all happening to them. Rav Elchanan Wasserman explained that they were experiencing Ikvita de Meshicha, the footsteps of the era just before the Messiah's arrival. We are, of course, still waiting. And Pesach Schindler, in his Hasidic response to the Holocaust, represents what is indeed a very Hasidic-sounding response, though it's from our Gemara, long before the Hasidic movement, namely, If you looked, you examined your deeds, nothing. You hang it on the fact that you you know, you didn't have enough Torah in your life. You were not steeped sufficiently in Torah. You you did that and it's still not enough. You say, no, I really dedicated every moment that I could have to being steeped in Torah. Know that this is a suffering of love. That suffering, that suffering that goes beyond for which you have no explanation and you can't bear for the lack of explanation. Those Yisurin are Yisurin Shal Ahava. Suffering brought about by God's profound love for us. And I hear ringing in my ears the question asked by Tevia, couldn't you love us a little less? So I wonder if Tevia or the author of uh, Fiddler on the Roof knew this Gemara, but that's essentially a lot of what his experience is talking about is, you know, are these Yisur and Shalahava? Are we supposed to be saying that when these things happen, that it's an expression of God's love for us? Uh, and the Gemara spends a lot of time on this stuff, unpacking this idea of what Yisur and Shalahava is. Uh, but I think this idea of Yisur and Shalava is illustrated by a very interesting story that appears on Hey Amud Bet. Uh, here we're discussing a story with Rabbi Yochanan. I want to spend just a few sec seconds talking about who Rabbi Yochanan is. Uh, he's probably one of the most important Amurayim. Uh, he's an Amor of Eretz Yisrael. In fact, most of the uh, Talmud Yerushalmi is accredited to him. His Chavrusa is Reish Lakish. Um, and I'm sure later on we'll spend some more time talking about Rabbi Yochanan, uh, and there's some amazing stories about his interaction with his Chavrusa Reish Lakish, uh, which we'll get to later. But anyhow, this is a story about Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan has a student uh, who's suffering, and he goes to visit this student, Rabbi Chia Bar Abba Chalash. So his student, Rabbi Chia Bar Abba, was, was weak. He was suffering. Al um, Rabbi Yochanan. So Rabbi Yochanan... Uh, goes to visit him, Amarle, and he says to him, Chavivin alayach yisurin. And he asks the student a very interesting question for Rebbe to ask. Are you somehow embracing these yisurin? In other words, the assumption of Rebbe Yochanan is. And therefore the question is, if you know that they're yisurin shalahaba, can you somehow embrace them? So I want to go through a story about Rebbe Yochanan and this concept of yisurin shalahaba with one of his students. So he has a student, Rabbi Chia Bar Abba, who is suffering and is weak from suffering. Gemara reads as follows. 
Rabbi Chia Bar Abba Chalash. Rabbi Chia Bar Abba was Chalash. He was weak, presumably from some affliction I had. Alagabe Rabbi Yonan Amarle. So Rabbi Yochanan goes to visit him and says to him, Chavivin Alayach Yisurin, are you able to embrace your Yisurin? If we assume, as the Gemara explained earlier, that often when we go through difficult times, it's what we call Yisurin Shalahava, Rabbi Yochanan is basically, as the Rebbe, asking his student, are you able to embrace these? Are you able, while you're suffering, to say, I know that these are Yisurin Shalahava? And his student gives him a very honest answer. Rabbi Yechir replies to him, says, neither the suffering nor its reward is anything that I can handle. So I think that's actually how many of us would experience this type of thing. Even though we may understand intellectually, this would be a Yusur and Shalahava, when we're actually going through it, we don't want the suffering and we don't even want the promise of what the reward of that suffering will be. Rabbi Yochanan replies back to him, he says, give me your hand. Rabbi Chia Bar Abba hand, gives his hand over to Rabbi Yochanan, and he's able to get up. Now, the traditional way of understanding this is, is that is it that Rabbi Yochanan somehow cured him. He now felt in good health. But this concept so beautifully evoked by the Gemara that it's not that Rabbi Yochanan tries to explain or philosophize his way out of what Rabbi Chia Bar Abba is feeling, almost in a way by not answering, and he's acknowledging okay, I, I empathically hear what you're saying. And I'm not going to tell you that your suffering or the promise of the reward should make you feel chavivin, that you should somehow be able to embrace these yusurin that you're experiencing. Instead, what will I do? I will give you comfort. And how is that expressed? It's expressed by him saying, give me your hand. Student gives him his hand. And then somehow through that, the student is strengthened. Rabbi Chia finds some inner strength through the comfort that his Rabbi gives him. But the next half of the Gemara is actually even more amazing. The Gemara continues and says, Rabbi Yochanan Chalash. It now happens what happens, Rabbi Yochanan. He himself also became somehow weak. He himself becomes afflicted with some type of Yisurin. Al-Legabe Rabbi Chanina. Rabbi Chanina comes to visit him. Amarle, and he says to him, Chavivin Allah Yisurin. And he says, are you able to embrace your Yisurin? Now, this question is being asked of Rabbi Yochanan, who just asked this question of a different student of his, Rabbi Chia, before. And we would obviously expect that his answer is going to be, yes, embrace them. But instead, what does Rabbi Yochanan answer? Amar Le, he says to Rabbi Chanina, lo hain kharan. I don't like these Yusurin, and I don't like the promise of their reward. So what does Rabbi Chanina uh, do to him? Amar Le, havli yadeh, yahavle yadeya v'ukame. So the same thing that Rabbi Yochanan modeled uh, with, his, uh, with the previous student, Rabbi Chanina says, give me your hand. Rabbi Yochanan gives him his hand, v'ukame, and he's strengthened in some way that now he's finally able uh, to, uh, to strengthen himself and to uh, stand up. So the Gemara asked the obvious question, which is, if we just had a story that showed that Rabbi Yochanan wanted to ask, can't you somehow embrace your Yisurin? And then when Rabbi Yochanan himself goes through those Yisurin, he himself can't even do that. He himself actually needs the comfort of somebody else. So the Gemara asks this question. Am I looking Rabbi Yochanan Lenafshe? Right? Why did Rabbi Yochanan need Rabbi Chanina basically to help him stand up? Why did he need him to help restore his, his soul? Right? And what does the Gemara answer? Amri ein chavush matir atzmo mi beta Right? It says a prisoner cannot free himself from prison. 
beautiful lesson here that the Gemara is giving, that even if we have this concept of Yusurin Shel Ahava, that when we go through suffering, we should somehow get ourselves in a frame of mind of saying that actually this is an expression of Hashem's love. I think what the Gemara is commenting to us is, is that what should the response of those people who are witnessing the suffering, who see their friends or loved one in a time of need, what should they be doing? And the answer isn't for you to turn around and say, oh, these are Yusur and Shalahaba, you're going to be okay. Instead, the answer, you're supposed to bring comfort. You're not actually supposed to argue with them or try to convince them that this isn't something that they shouldn't feel and or that their pain is not real. But really, you just offer your hand. And I just, I, I, I'm just blown away by this Gemara because I think it really shows us almost the simplicity of what we have to offer other people. We don't need to have the answers. Uh, we don't need to understand exactly how the world works. But all we do need to understand is just to reach, literally just to reach out to each other, just to give that comforting hand to a person. And that in itself will be healing for that person. It's not in the answers but it's the actions that we take when we witness suffering around us. That's our DAF discussion for the day. Please subscribe if we're already in your podcast app. If not, take our WhatsApp link and join our group. Until tomorrow, go and learn.